Today on Nights Left M, we meet for our next Game Club episode as we discuss the mobile title Dragalia Lost. Hello and welcome to the episode of Octal FM. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And we're back with Game Club, which is a little bit late. Yeah. Uh, we usually try and do like Game Club every four or five episodes, but I think it's been close to like seven episodes, I think. Yeah. And that was down to two reasons. One was because this one took a little bit longer to play than the previous ones, hmm. uh, which we'll come into in the show itself. But the other reasons as well is that we had unintentional double bills of two different episodes where we did two episodes on E3 and two episodes on our Berlin trips, neither of which were planned at the time of like organizing what topics to discuss. So that's why it's a bit late, but we'll try and get back to doing a game club sort of like every four episodes or so um, as of now. But yeah, so we are doing game club and as the title already says, and you've already listened to the very intro of the show, uh, we're doing (laughs) it on Dragalia Lost, which is a mobile game. It is. This is our first mobile game that we've kind of discussed and mm, talked about I think really, so. I think. I don't even think we've talked about mobile games, like, outside of maybe, like, soundbite episodes, I mm. guess. Maybe. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, this was actually something that longtime friend and listener to the show, Proen, has consistently recommended that we play mm. at some point. Um, so we have now finally got onto it. And, yeah, as you say, this is a little bit delayed. And it, I really wanted to make sure that I did find some time to, to play this and get through it because it is a chunky game. Yes, and yeah, Dragalia Lost, it's an action RPG. It's free to play. There are microtransactions, you know, exactly what you would expect from a sort of now very well established mobile game genre. And what makes it interesting from the outside at a sort of first glance above and beyond other mobile games is that it's published by Nintendo, mm. right? And and this was one of the, I think if not the first game from published by Nintendo where there was no previous game in that particular ip yes, so this is also it's a, like a fresh right? one like there are the big ones of things like uh, pokemon Fire go is the obvious stuff, one yeah. but then uh, yeah well that's what i was going to go to is the other sort of very similar entry to this game is, is fire emblem heroes yeah uh, exactly you can, you can see a lot of crossover between those oh, two style of games but this is very much its own thing it's very removed from any other previous nintendo property i don't know if it's even considered a nintendo property in the strictest sense but nintendo definitely published it i don't know yeah, I wonder if we'll ever see like Yudem from Dragalia Lost in Smash Brothers or something. Mm. Like. Or, or, or Dr- uh, second Dragalia, Dragalia Found, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's developed by Psy Games, published by Nintendo. It's had very mixed reviews, but it's grossed like $50 million by the end of 2018. So it's obviously doing pretty good. There are even some people streaming it on Twitch, if you go mm. on Twitch at any one time, uh, which I've been watching a little bit to sort of... Get some more inspiration, yeah. Yeah, garner some information around what I've managed to get through. Yeah. And I guess let's start by how much of how much of Dragalia Lost did you play, Seth? Um, well, I think we have... Because it's massive, right? <laughs> we, we, it is massive. And I think we gave ourselves maybe like two months to play it. But I honestly didn't play it anywhere near as much as that. 
And there was a few reasons that I wasn't able to play it as much as I wanted to. And I think the biggest one, and, I th- and it's very much the one that we've discussed the most outside of the episode discussion. Yes. Because we, we always try and like limit our discussion of a game club game yeah. to just the episodes. We get that sort of fresh discussion. And we will get some of that. But the one aspect that we have consistently chatted about this game outside of this uh, episode is the requirement of like an online connection and these giant giant download all the time now whenever i've come to play it and you even jokingly sent me one last night prior to this episode yeah of you require a 1.3 gigabyte download i'm like i'm sorry what (laughs) it's like yeah i mean let's definitely get this out of the way at the start of this episode right and then we can talk about the game from a technical point of view i have some really really enormous frustrations with this game this app let's call it an app right because it's a mobile game but every time I open it, literally almost every time I've opened it, it's required an update or a download. The one last night was crazy. That was basically the whole game again. I don't yeah. know what happened, whether it lost its saved stuff because the app itself updated. Even before recording, right, I wanted to play it for a little bit because I had some time. And it was, and the game was like, oh, the, the app needs an update. Do you want to download that? And I, off into the Play Store, download an update. Like every time you go into a new story mission, it's like, oh, there's like a bit of download to do, like a one meg download, two meg download. I'm like, stop, like stop, (laughs) stop with the downloads. Like it's just, it's completely at odds with the fact that it's a mobile game. And maybe I'm old school as as a mobile gamer, but I want my mobile game to be quick to load, quick to open. I can get some playtime in and I don't have to necessarily have a perfect internet connection because you don't on a phone, right? That's the whole point of your phone is that it, of course, some of the time you have a pretty terrible connection. Yes. And the number one time where I might play a mobile game is when I'm commuting, which during which I have a really bad internet connection the whole time. And I did try. I tried to play Dragalia Lost on the train. And it was just unbearable because yeah. even going to a boss fight, for, you know, even traversing the level requires yeah, an internet mid-level. connection. And I, I just think that that's, for me, that's totally at odds with, with mobile gaming. And you could say, well, it's more than a mobile game, right? It's a serious game. There's a lot to it. There's a multiplayer element. It's quite big. There's a lot to do in it. And, and that's fine. I completely get that. But then it has one-handed combat. Which, yeah. which is exactly what you would expect. It's like one hand From on a the casual phone, one hand on game. the handle while you're commuting, right? They, those two things just don't match up. See, what stands out to me is the network connection, I think, I think is more in line with the kind of East Asian market because mm. especially in Japan and South Korea, their kind of like cellular connection is, is far stronger than it is here in the UK. Mm. It's a lot more robust especially in other big cities, whereas the majority of people are going to be playing in the first place, you know. And as well, like, and this is only coming from my limited experience in the country itself, so maybe I'm wrong, but a lot of people carry, like, hotspot Wi-Fi devices with them as opposed to using their phones like 3G, 4G, 5G networks, which are going to be a lot more robust network-wise, whereas Mm. that's not really a thing in the UK. Like, some people do that, but most people just use their phones regular data connection and then then you've got the issue of of data caps as well like the requirement to always be online is frustrating at the best of times just to go between menu options like you say even when you've loaded a level you have to load it again to get into the boss fight sort of thing but then to download even like a small update like even a 50 meg update you know well i only have four gig of data a month and if i'm doing that like every day that really adds up quickly. Now, yeah. again, you could argue, well, just play it on Wi-Fi. Yeah, but 
the only places that are going to have good Wi-Fi are the places where I'm not going to be playing a mobile game, which yeah. is either at home or at work or something, you know? <laughs> when yeah, I'm at home, I'm not going to be yeah. playing a mobile game. I'm going to be playing, like, you know, on my Switch or on my PC or something. And if I'm at work, I don't have time to play a mobile game because this mobile game isn't one you can pick up for two minutes and play. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of, like, technical stuff, right? What I will give it, because the, there is some level of consideration, is that one of the biggest aspects of the data requirement for in terms of the huge download sizes is voice acting because you do have the option to omit voice acting from the download which does decrease the size by almost half yeah so like for example the screenshot you sent me last night was like 1.3 gig or exclude voice acting and it goes down to like 600 meg yeah. which is good that you have that option but 600 megabytes is still a lot of data for yeah. i don't know what like i'd love <laughs> to know what that data is doing there's a lot of reused assets as well so yeah. it's kind of a weird one but anyway that's the sort of technical stuff aside and i've played i don't know how many hours i've played um dragalia i'm i'm not as far through as i would like to be to give a really great opinion of this yeah. game i think my player level is nine and i think i'm on chapter five yeah and overall Technical issues aside, I actually think that Dragalia Lost is quite fun and is mm. good. And I think that what really props it up, and that sounds, that's kind of a backhanded compliment, but what really props it up is the feeling of the Nintendo polish, right? Mm. And so the feeling of, you know, there's a lot of lore, there's a lot of story, like there's a lot of words in Dragalia Lost. There's a lot of talking going on. Yes. Um, and voice acting, and there's a lot of characters, and all the characters have backstory that you can go and explore and, and, and play through. And the visuals are pretty good and not, you know, yeah, there's a lot of reused assets and it's not, there's not a huge amount of variety, but there's quite a bit of variety. Um, and the audio is good. You know, the voice acting is actually, is, is, is really surprisingly decent considering it's a mobile game and the, and the music is, is, uh, I mean, it's, it's cheesy anime music, but it's, but it's good, right? It's not, it's, it's not bad at all. And so that, I th that's sort of the color of the game, I think really helps keep me engaged hmm. in what is otherwise a game with a very simple gameplay loop and quite a lot of gacha and micro and like currencies and microtransactions around the edges so you kind of touched on like a point that i was going to address a little bit later in the discussion but i might as well jump to it now in that it feels like the game is trying to be too many things at once right yeah definitely so what i've written this is my show notes that i've written down and i'll, I'll read it out i said that the game is too many styles of games all rolled into one. It's a yeah. visual novel. It's a JRPG. It's a Gatchapon style collecting game. It's a party raiding game. It's a base building game. And it's an idle clicker. Yeah. It's all of those things in one game. Now, it is. <laughs> if you removed even half of those things, I think it would be a better game. Honestly, Agreed. A hundred percent. Now, the area of the game that I enjoyed more than anything else is the area of the game that you've just described, which is the story, the presentation, yeah. the characters. If you made this game completely devoid of the of the gameplay, quote unquote, <laughs> and made it a visual novel RPG with maybe some like character progression through like choices that you make in the story or whatever, right? I think it would be infinitely better mm. because even though it's a little cheesy and it's a little tropey oh, yeah. in its anime JRPG a aesthetics, <laughs> okay, very. 
it, it's still really good. And if you yeah. like that style of game, like, for example, if you like things like the uh, Tales of games, you know, the, the Tales of Symphonia oh, yeah. and all those kind of games, you know, um, you'll love Dragalia Lost Story and its aesthetic. And like you say, it's really deep in its lore. You can tell a lot of people have thought a long time about, like, the lore and the history. And they've created a lot of uh, of new concepts within the game, which is really mm. good. But all that is then undermined by the the game itself, if that makes sense, like the actual gameplay, in my opinion. And one of the things that I found myself doing, and as a result became more engaged by the game, which is ridiculous, is when I turn autoplay mode on, I ended up enjoying the game a lot more. (laughs) I'm not even joking. So, like, I would dread having to go into the gameplay sections themselves. And I was... I wasn't like really engrossed in the story because it's pretty simple for the most part, but I was still sort of enjoying it and I liked some of the character interactions and the presentation as a whole, like you say, was really engaging. And then you'd be yanked out of it to play a really kind of boring gameplay session, which didn't seem to have any connection to what was going on in the story just Mm. previously either. There's occasional where you'll fight like a boss or something which has some level of impact on the story, but for the most part, they don't seem to be connected at all. You just fight like a really generic like monster and that's it. Yeah, most of the time it is, right? And and I don't know if there's I think that there's some more depth later on like because at the very start as well I was like this is the, this gameplay also is also really boring because the combat is really boring, but mm. it does that has already improved as I've carried on playing and so actually I'm really hoping that I do get a bit more time to play this and play it a little more to see if there's some more depth in some of the gameplay and some of the kind of like late game slash end game content. Because the other thing that, not to sort of completely take away from what we were talking about, but the other thing that I think is interesting is that they're adding new content a lot. I mean, that's partly why there's so many downloads all the time and let's not (laughs) fall back down that that rant hole. But there there's like seasons right of content and and you know there's like new storylines and you know that includes like new bits of voice acting and new text and new characters and sort of new areas to play through and stuff like that so there's a lot of content and they're adding a lot of content all the time which is really cool and it almost but it's still there's so much there and like you say so many different gameplay styles and things to do like you can build your castle and and tap the little things on it to get some extra rupees and you know that you can upgrade them and you can upgrade your weapons and you can upgrade your heroes and you can use mana to get extra skills for your heroes and you can equip them with stuff and you can unbind weapons and you can feed your dragons and you can upgrade your dragons what i have called false complexity right yeah it's very much false complexity because also like the game is quite, at least early on, the game is quite, like, loose with giving you the currency, right? So you can upgrade quite stuff quite a lot. And basically, you have, like, a as you're going through the missions, whether they're the story missions or they're event missions or whatever they are, they have, like, a suggested might level, right, for the team that you should have. So you look at it and you, you pick the correct element for the, which is also false complexity. Like, yeah. it's like you're never going to pick the wrong element for a, for a mission. You're always yeah. going to pick the correct one. You pick the element... Uh, and then you go optimize, yeah. and you go auto optimize, and then you look at the might calculation and you're like, is it a bit low? Okay, cool. Go to the upgrade screen, find all the ones where it's like, this is equipped or this is active. Go to them, hit the upgrade button, tap a couple of, you know, currency things into it to get it up a few levels. Um, and initially you can get up loads of levels, right? You can really overlevel your characters early on. And then you go back and you're like, is the might better now? Okay, cool. <laughs> and then you carry on. And it's like, yeah. that's quite a long time 
that's like a five minute little process of like unbinding weapons yeah. and upgrading them and buying stuff and then you know you don't need to it's like you just it's just might right there's no and i didn't feel attached and again early game so difficult to tell but yes. i didn't feel particularly attached to characters in my team or weapons or or particular I didn't feel like the skills that I gained immediately benefited. No. Now, again, it, early game, but I felt that, you know, all I needed to do was just get the might level up and then yeah. I've, I was never having any problem getting through the missions. Yeah, absolutely. I felt so overwhelmed the very first couple of game sessions mm. I played with. Well, I need to have this currency and that currency and these style of upgrades and this item. And there was so much to try and keep track of. And they get, like you say, the game throws it at you so much well. Like every time you'd log on, you'd, you'd receive like 30 reward items and this log on bonus. And oh, you play the mission. So you get this reward. And and it's like, oh my God, how do I keep track of all this? But then quite quickly, I realized none of it really matters. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> as long as you just press the optimize button and upgrade best thing button, yeah. the game basically plays itself. Now, yeah. Again, you've said it a few times, and I really want to preface this as well because it's so important. I'm sure the end game is different. I'm sure at the end game of the game, you know, when you're going into raids, especially co-op raids with other players, which we'll touch on as well because I actually really like that. I imagine that's really important to manage your resources to get just the right number, you know, numbers correctly on the right characters, on the right weapons, etc. But for the game that we played, because yeah, we didn't finish it, obviously. There's no way that we can appreciate all that complexity so for 90% of the gameplay for the most part of most people it's false complexity it doesn't really mean anything it's just more numbers to confuse you and what's really interesting as well is that and this is kind of a I guess this is a good thing but like every time I got to a new mission and as I was working my way through the missions and I I could see this complexity right around upgrading and and choosing weapons and stuff like that every time I'd be like any minute now, the game is going to sap all of the currency that it's given me so far. And mm. this is going to turn into a grind fest. And I'm going to have to go back and either buy stuff because I was like waiting. I was waiting for the microtransaction. Yes, wall. to pop you know, in. It's yeah. like, like free to play games. They all do it. It's like you unless it's a very, very nice, friendly free to play game um, like Pokemon Go. You tend to hit a wall all of a sudden where all the free stuff has run out and you now need to go back and grind. And that never came. No, and actually, didn't. you know, yeah, I, again, I haven't finished the game, but I've played a re- good few hours and, you know, more than I would expect out of a free to play game to to not sort of start dangling a carrot in front of me and being like, you know, come on, you can pay, pay a few This quid. is exactly <laughs> one of the notes I put down in my good section, which is it didn't seem to lock me out of the story at any point. No, like, and I was in surprised. Fact, from what I could gather from like all my different stats and equipment and all that I had, I always had like positive stamina. Like I always had more than the maximum amount of stamina sort of thing. It never seemed to go down. Yeah, I did eventually get mine down to nearly zero one on one playthrough. <laughs> I'm guessing that is again more to do with the end game stuff and the completionist side of things and the raid side of things you know and that is to encourage people to kind of keep playing with their friends at like high levels and stuff like that and they want you to play through the story to engage you more and to grab you more and kind of like keep dangling that carrot in front of you for the real long con almost as it were and i did also wonder if that was a little bit of nintendo's influence as well Mm. i would i would like to think that right because pokemon go is pretty friendly from a microtransaction point of view you know it's very it's very liberal with giving you stuff and i didn't play fire emblem um what's it called fire emblem heroes Heroes. 
but you know i gather that that was also fairly liberal and you could mm. do you know you didn't really need to worry about the microtransactions so that's a that's a positive thing i think that you know we are well established in this world where free to play games have their like golden pigs right which are the like players that golden pigs yeah, i mean like, the whatever. I've, I've, uh, let's call them golden pigs where you know those people that spend hundreds if not thousands of pounds or dollars on a free to play game because yeah. they play it that much and they are so invested that that's justifiable for them and that's in you know in a way we at the very other end of the spectrum are reaping the reward there yes. we get a high quality game and we don't have to put a penny in because there's other players that are putting in hundreds well we've talked about this before but not even from a mobile gaming sense of view mm. is that if nintendo can make money off of things like dragalia and fire Emblem right. heroes to allow them to make better quality home console games like for example yeah then puts you animal crossing by like six months well they can prop themselves up by having animal uh, animal crossing pocket camp or whatever right. it's called for those six months to make them the money that allows them to make those games i will happily do that you know yeah, exactly. i'll pay i'll pay 40 pounds for my game at one some point or another and then all the mobile gamers can pay for that weight for me if that makes sense if nintendo want to do that that's fine by me you know i would rather them make their money in this sense and then not make their normal home console games like less good if that makes sense yeah <laughs> All of this yeah. has really come together and it, I came up with a small, very kind of like a uh, quick solution to this issue, right, of this false complexity and this sort of like meaningless items and numbers and everything and would solve the different sort of like styles within the game itself, which is have two different game modes, right? Have a story mode mm. and have a raid mode or call it whatever you want, right? Have it so the story mode doesn't really connect to the the other game mode itself all that much. Like you can mm. do and you can unlock new characters, you can access them, etc. But have the story mode just be that. Be a story, be an RPG, right? Where you play through it and you get the story and you unlock the characters. And then have all the other complexity side of things like the castle building and the what they call the the, the worm prints and yeah. the item upgrades and all those sorts of things behind the raid mode where those things don't interfere with your game otherwise plus that would also allow you to turn off a lot of those unnecessary always online functionality because i think one of the always online functionality requirements is due to like your helper buddy system where you request like mm. help from another player yeah kind of like anonymously almost and that's required to so remove that from the game you know, and then you could have two games essentially within one you could have the story game and then you could have the end game rather yeah. than them being one and the same because as well the first time you load up this game and it <laughs> overwhelms you with like look at this new update look at this yeah, announcement look crazy. at these summons i'm like i don't know what any of this means at all remove that the new player journey in dragalia lost is is horrible right and mm. it's not even that there's a steep learning curve because the game is really easy it's not a hard thing to get you just have to like ignore it it's just a bad experience right it's not that it's inherently actually hard to do even all of the upgrade stuff is you know once you've once you understand it and you've sort of like absorbed it and you know worked out where everything is it's all pretty straightforward and yeah. simple which is a good thing but it just does a really terrible no. job of getting you started it does and then it's also interesting how opposite that is to the actual physical gameplay itself which is so simple right because right. there's there's basically there's two buttons there's like transform and there's your special ability and that's it yeah and even then those things sort of feel like overkill and maybe that again that changes later on in the harder options but 
whenever I enabled auto, right, where the mm. game just plays itself, the game would just does exactly what I was doing, which is just tap the buttons until it dies. Yeah, yeah. And it just feels so unnecessary, all this complexity for that gameplay loop. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And it definitely, like, you get a few extra skills and you can, you know, and co-op is a little bit different and stuff like that. But yeah, like, fundamentally the game is designed like a one-handed mobile game right with a short gameplay loop and then you've just got so much random stuff all around the edges and can we talk about the controls as well because mm. I, i'm gonna i'll give the game a lot of credit for its design and it's like aesthetic and everything but the controls just felt really imprecise like mm. i either found i was either running at full speed and thus i'd like almost drift off in oversteer into mm. walls or i wouldn't move at all like i couldn't seem to get a good balance for it and i felt the characters had a really odd like heavy momentum to them like yeah. once they started moving it was really hard to stop them going in that direction so when you're fighting a boss for example like, and they have like, that red ring around them of where they're going to attack next i found it really difficult to like get my character to move in the right direction away from that quickly enough and Again, maybe that's something that you get used to over time and it's almost part of the challenge of the game. But I just found it it wasn't conducive to playing it on a touchscreen because to get that level of control out of it, I found my hand was over the screen so I couldn't see what I was doing. Yeah, agreed. It wasn't... The controls are definitely not perfect and there's sort of some of the skills that you have to do, like where you touch and hold on your character mm. or you press and hold and then move in one direction to sort of slingshot an attack in a certain... like a charge attack, that none of those... They don't feel particularly easy to do. It feels a little bit cumbersome. I think it's almost sort of like the sort of the controls reminded me of some DS games. right? So things like Phantom Hourglass and stuff Mm, like that, where you've sort of got a a stylus to move around and then, uh, you know, sort of tapping to attack. But you're doing it with your thumb. And so the precision is off. And actually, it feels like those controls would be better suited to a situation where you've got a stylus. Yes, Um, definitely. It's two-handed. Pro Dragalia Lost players use stylus on their on their phones. I mean, I can imagine it being easier to control and more precise as well. But then that removes the mobile aspect of the game because you're then having to use two hands to control it and you probably want a larger screen, so you probably want to be sat down. And at that point, it's not a mobile game anymore. It's now just a home console game on a mobile device. I mean, in some ways, I don't really feel like this is a mobile game. I feel like it has a lot of mobile trappings. Obviously, it's on mobile devices, but... Otherwise, in some ways, it's it's not, especially, you know, how I imagine sort of the, the stuff towards the end of the game is. It's, yeah, it's very different to quite a lot of mobile games. And terms the things that they've optimized for, you know, it does take a long time to load and get into it and navigate through the menus and stuff like that. And it feels like that's not typical mobile game optimization. It feels no. like it's more like they've made it a game that... You know, you sit down and you have a proper, you know, session playing. Play session, yeah. Which is interesting. But one of the things that they've done really well, however, is they've mitigated the limitations of a mobile device really well, I feel, in some ways. Because Mm. the the art style is really colourful, right? Mm, And it pops really nicely, especially on, like, really good quality sort of, like, um, mobile phone screens, like modern-day mobile phone screens of really good quality. So that really pops. And they've also removed the the limitations, the low-fidelity graphic capabilities of these devices right so although the color pops the actual like processing power of these devices is relatively low but they've removed that by either having really nice kind of like 2d anime style art which is good art don't get me wrong yeah or they've used like 
chibi style 3D models. Yes. So even yeah. though they don't look very high fidelity, they look like a PS2, like early PS2, like late PS1 era style games. Oh yeah, they do. It, it doesn't look bad though. No, it, it, it looks doesn't. really nice. Like because they've given them these like over exaggerated chibi look to them, which hides that low poly issue. Yeah. So they've done a really good job of that, and it it makes it really nice to look at, despite the low graphical capabilities of the consoles that it's being it's playing it on. Yeah, agreed. It's, it comes back to you know our point right at the start, really, about what's what's good about this game, you know, and it is that like that polish and thoughtfulness around the the design and the the experience of of playing this game slash app you know that is really its high point right all of the presentation is really 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 great um like better than a lot of normal games um mm. let alone mobile games and you so, can tell the people behind making the game like the studio dev- behind developing it and continuing it with updates and everything is really invested in it because one of the things that i really loved was their like continuous comic strip release if any of you ever like went into that option and read that Mm. where they have like almost like a four panel manga style like comic running throughout it i didn't Um, see that yeah it's like hidden away in some of the menus and and it's with like the help menu where the help menu is again it's like a comic style strip like a manga style strip where it says Mm. and teach you different aspects of the game but it also just has like little short funny stories with the different characters like drawn in normal artwork sort of thing and that's great because it's again you didn't need it you didn't need to add it to it you know it's free so all it does is just flesh the game out more and it shows the passion that the developers have for this game so i'm so 50 50 on this yeah me too because going into it i was open and i was optimistic thinking oh it'll be a cool like mobile game that i'll get into because i'm not traditionally a mobile phone kind of app gamer as it were and then at first I was really put off by it because of the the huge load times, the big download speeds, the compl- or the false complexity of everything. That really put me off. But then as I played it more and more, I realized that if I just ignore certain aspects of the game, it's actually really wonderful. And I can yeah. enjoy it for what its strengths are, which is a really good visual novel. I agree. It takes a bit of warming up, doesn't it? You have it to does. sort of warm to it. <laughs> and I... They won't change anything, obviously, on my recommendation, but <laughs> I would almost wish that it was just, like I suggested, just remove the the raid stuff to a different area of the game and let me play this really nice visual novel, essentially, at that point. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think that your feelings are much the same as, as mine. I went through the same kind of process in my mind of, you know, thinking, okay, I was a little bit apprehensive. I went into it and initially it it was like... It was weird because I I was apprehensive about playing it because it's a free-to-play mobile game. And actually, the problems I had at first glance were nothing to do with my initial Mm. apprehensions about picking up a mobile game. And were actually completely different things, like you say, like the download times and just sort of some of the weird complexity and stuff like that. But then if you get through that, I think that there's there's a surprising amount of depth and sort of an interest in it. And because the presentation is just so good, it's it's enjoyable to interact with mm. because it's it's a well polished thing. And I think the biggest issue I had was remembering to play it 
yes. <laughs> and remembering like because i'm like you i'm not a traditional mobile phone you know game player so i would turn to my switch if i feel like playing yes. a game you know so it was difficult for me to remember to play it and then actually it takes longer to start playing a game of dragalia loss than it does to turn on my switch and because like play a round of smash bros or yeah, mario like it's, or something it's yeah. quicker i can get into smash quicker than i can yeah. into dragalia lost and that's crazy because it's a mobile game and it should be faster to get into a mobile game than to start something on a home console but that's the weird swapped world that we're mm. in where Dragalia Lost is like playing, booting up your old PlayStation and waiting it, for the CD yeah, to load. it is. And that was one of the things I know I did say to you uh, in the little kind of discussion we had outside of the episode was I want to give it another chance because I, I whenever I sort of boot it up to play, I always yeah. find like I'm tired. So I'm not really giving it my full attention and I feel like it deserves my full attention. Yeah. And I think that is true. Like if you, this isn't something that you would want to boot up like at like 11 o'clock at night when you've gotten home from work or, you know, you're on a long train journey, you're already kind of half asleep. It's something that you kind of have to give time to, which mm. is a bit odds of what it is, like you've said. Yeah, But exactly. I feel like you get more out of it if you do do that. So maybe just like give it half an hour to an hour each day of your time, like before you go to work or something. Or even if you've got like a long lunch break, like you've got like an hour's lunch break. Yeah, you, right. You know, Agreed. give yourself like 45 minutes and you can sit and like eat your lunch or something whilst it's loading or whatever. And that's how you would spend that time. But it isn't a quick five minute pick me up, put me down sort of game. No, it isn't. But yeah, it's, it's been a very surprising and interesting journey mm. I've, I've had with Dragalia Lost and I and I do hope that I remember to continue playing it I'm going to keep it on my home screen keep the icon there in front of me to sort of remind me yes and and I would like to play it some more and, and work, you know may, if nothing else I'd like to finish the story right that's yeah, the main definitely. thing I'd like to, I'd it like was to enjoyable. work my way through um, and I'd like to see what that end game is like to see the, the full breadth of the game uh, in terms of its offering, you know, maybe we'll do a follow up, a little soundbite if we, if both of us do get through yeah. um, more of the game, and we can we can chat through sort of our final findings and say if we've if we've changed our mind or whether the the things that we've talked about this time are, are the same. Um, yeah, still hold true. But you know, if you haven't played Dragalia Lost, then I would give it a recommendation to pick it up and give it a go, so mm-hmm. long as you've got a little bit of time to work through the initial kind of bumps uh, in the road of the downloads and the complexity and and sort of once you get into it and see what you think, especially as you say, if you're a fan of sort of anime and anime tropes and things like tales and 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 stuff like that, then you you probably are going to enjoy yeah, some definitely. of the the presentation and the visuals, and so that's going to keep you there yeah. over those bumps right otherwise you are you are but until you get up. to the end game for the most part just ignore all the numbers and the items yeah. and all that just do what the game tells you when it tells you to do certain things like yeah. you know this is how you upgrade something just do what it says get back to playing the story and if the story grips you enough that you want to keep playing you're going to pick those things up as you go anyway yeah. so don't try and master it before you start playing it if that yeah, makes sense exactly agreed agreed keep it casual but yeah but you still need some time for it not too casual <laughs> uh but we hope we've enjoyed our game club on dragalia a uh, long time coming one and again thank you to proen for recommending the game to us because i know he's a, a very big advocate of the game if you've got any games you'd like us to play for game club uh, that you think would be uh, generate a good discussion then please do let us know because uh, you know, we're always keen to try new things. That's the whole point of Game Club is that we step outside our comfort zone, which we've definitely done for this episode because neither of us are yeah. particularly big for mobile gaming. And that's one of the reasons why we chose it, along with uh, Proen's recommendation, was we want to try something outside of our usual comfort zone. So, yeah. uh, And we have done it. It's generated a good discussion. So if you've got anything, do uh, do recommend it to us. Yeah, definitely. Um, send us an email, show at octal.fm, uh, or come and grab us on Twitter, at octal.fm on Twitter, 
uh, facebook.com forward slash octal fm as well any of those yeah. any of those things all work they all come to the two of us and yeah we'll uh, i'm excited to see what's on what our next game club game is mm. um and get playing something else uh and uh, yeah in the meantime i've been gelada and i've been sephron and catch us again for another octal fm episode very soon Music intro is playing in my ears. Okay, there we go. <laughs> but have we been pronouncing it wrong for the entire um, episode, by the way? I have this weird feeling that it's actually Dragalia. Well, I mean, I think that's pretty much tomato, tomato, isn't it? So <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It's dragon, it's Dragalia. There you go. Um, <laughs>